Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Welcome back to the program again this week, and thank you for joining us every week at the same time. I trust you are being blessed by the series that we're doing in the book of Romans. We are in chapter 11. We have filmed prior to this two weeks uh, of uh, teaching on the book of Romans chapter 11, and we're going to continue again today. If you've missed any of them, though, and you would like to go back and review to catch up with us, the entire book of Romans is on our YouTube channel, and you can go back there and watch them at your leisure. There is also a podcast with a all the audio portions of this, and the easiest way to do, to do that, I'm sorry, is to go to my website at lynnhiles.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there are icons with the YouTube and the Spotify. The Spotify will take you to both the uh, Apple version and the RSS feed for Android devices. So you can get this and even stream it in your car while you're driving to work and redeem the time. It is literally, I think, a college course at your fingertips and avail yourself to that. Thank you to our partners who help us do that and to be able to distribute that to our friends and people around the world free of charge. It is you, our partners, that enable us to do that. We want to say thank you from the bottom of our heart. If you'd like to become a partner, you'd like to sow a seed in the ministry easily, it would be, uh, the best way to do it would be to simply scan the QR code that's on the screen. It will take you directly to a link where you can give via credit card or uh, debit card through our PayPal portal. You can even set up a monthly debit if you'd like to become a monthly partner with us, and we do need your help. Also, you can send a check or money order to the address on the screen that'll come up at the end of this, or you can call the number that's on the screen and someone will take your call. If you don't get an answer, please call or leave a message and we will call you back. We have a limited staff. Now, with that being said, let's get into Romans 11. I'm going to kind of cut through the first parts of it and go back down to uh, verse 14 of Romans, the 11th chapter. It says, If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall be, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches are broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree wert grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches, but if you boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off. And thou standest by faith, be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell, severity, but uh, on, on them which fell, severity, but toward thee goodness, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide, I want to, I, I, I highlighted this in my text, and they also, if they abide, not still in unbelief shall be grafted in, for God's able to graft them in. We're going to talk about another scripture where Jesus was teaching about this when he said, 
I'm the vine, and you need to abide in me, and every branch in me that does not bring forth fruit is hewn down. We're going to get into that in this segment. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For if for, for I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own uh, in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and he shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as touching the election... They are beloved for the Father's sake, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For as we in times past have not believed God, yet now have yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so these also now not believed, that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that He might have mercy on all. Uh, now, I think that's some powerful stuff right there. Now, let me go back into John 15, because I want to read something to you that I wrote, actually, in my uh, in my first book, uh, or not my first book, but my most recent book called The Great I Am. And if you don't have that book, I encourage you to go to my website and get it. It's called The Great I Am, and I, I'll pull it out again here and show it to you. This book right here uh, would be a great blessing to you, because it is uh, it is a, a powerful book that uh, it, it goes into the seven times in the gospel that Jesus says, I am. And uh, when, when it says, I am, he always says it in contrast to something from the old covenant. In other words, you thought the bread that fell in the backyard was the bread. That's not the bread. I'm the true bread. You thought the corrupt shepherds of Israel were the good shepherds. They're not the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd of the sheep. You thought the light was Moses. Moses is not the light. I am the light of the world. You thought the way into uh, the covenants of promise was through performance Christianity, but that's not the way. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And then, of course, he says, you think Israel's the true vine. Israel's not the true vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. With that being said, I want to read something to you from the Gospel of John, chapter number, uh, chapter number 15, verses number 1 through 17. I'm sorry, verses number 1 through 7. This is John 15, 1 through 7. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If I a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. Now, let me just tell you, this is the seventh time that Jesus says, I am. Now, remember, we're talking about Romans, the book of Romans, and how several places throughout the book of Romans, he leads up to, he's not a Jew, chapter 2, which is one outwardly. He is a Jew, which is one inwardly, whose circumcision is that of the heart. 
uh, Romans chapter number 10, uh, Israel sought it by works and missed it. They stumbled at the stumbling block because they tried to enter in through their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. And then Paul quotes Isaiah, who indicted them, said, Who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And he says, Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by works, they were excluded. Now when Jesus is talking here in John 15, He tells them, I'm the vine, you're the branches. See, to me, again, the emphasis of Romans 11 is not the branches, it is the vine. And, and I showed you, uh, and I'll, I'll show you these verses in just a few, let me, let me, I'll show them to you as I get down through here, where Jesus declares, or, or the Scriptures declare concerning Jesus. It says, Israel, in, in the Old Testament, I, I'll get them for you in just a moment, but it says, in the Old Testament, uh, Israel is my firstborn out of Egypt, have I called my son. He says that when he calls e Israel out of Egypt under Moses. In the New Testament, Joseph and Mary flee down into Egypt to hide from Herod. And then he quotes this, he said, so that the Scripture might be fulfilled, Israel is my firstborn, and out of Egypt have I called my son. The Israel of God and the seed to whom the promise was made was always Jesus. That, this, that, that was the seed that preceded the nation of Israel, that God made promise, not seeds of many, but to one seed, and thy seed, which is Christ. So Christ is the true vine, and if you abide in Him, then there is fruit. Now, you know, in, in this book of the great I Am, he tells them that, you know, uh, he tells them that if you don't produce fruit, every uh, uh, branch in me that doesn't pr produce fruit will be cast, uh, will be cut off and cast into the fire. He's talking about in Romans 11, the natural branches being removed and the wild olive branch being brought in. Now, I believe that that branch that was cut off that did not produce fruit was the apostate Jews that did not receive their Messiah. You could see in Romans 11 that there was a remnant that came in because they sought it by faith, and that what produced that righteousness in them was the gift of righteousness because of what Jesus did to qualify us to be called the righteousness of God. Now, I, I would say simply to you also that when he's talking about fruit bearing here, I can't help but my mind goes immediately to the book of Galatians, where he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And he talks about, uh, and he talks about also the works of the flesh. And when he starts talking about the works of the flesh, he is in the context, again, of these Galatians wanting to go back to Judaism. So the fifth chapter of Galatians opens by saying, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Be not in, again entangled with the yoke of slavery. He is talking about going back under the law there, and he's talking about in that same chapter, the context is Paul is warning them concerning the concision and the circumcising group and says to them, I would that they were cut off to trouble you. In other words, they are trying to mix Law and grace, Paul calls that a perversion of the gospel. And he said, you started out in the Spirit. Do you think you're going to be made perfect in the flesh? 
you did, did, he said, let me ask you this. You that work miracles among you, did you do it by the works of the law or did you do it by the hearing of faith? Paul says in Romans 5, when we were under the law, we were in the flesh. So one aspect of being in the flesh, you may have never thought of it about like this, but being in the flesh means you are trying to produce this through works righteousness and human effort. And it's on the heels of that that it looks like it's almost out of context in Galatians 5 where he says, For the works of the flesh are made manifest, which are these, and he starts listing hatred, malice, envy, strife, divisions, emulations, stuff you see in every church that's trying to establish their righteousness on the basis of their own works. And Paul says to them, as I have told you before, and I'm going to tell you again, that they which do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He didn't say, see, what we do with that scripture is we say, if you do those things, you're not going to get to go to heaven. That's not what that scripture is talking about. He's talking about if you are living under the law and under flesh-based performance Christianity, it's going to produce hatred, malice, envy, strife, and divisions. And they which do such things are not inheriting the kingdom. It's not talking about the kingdom after a while. It's about the kingdom coming in your life right now because the messianic kingdom of Christ came 2,000 years ago and has been ever increasing ever since. And the government of heaven is in your life. If you'd like more on that, get my book called From Law to Grace, A Kingdom Paradigm Shift. It's uh, available uh, on Amazon or on our website as well, because the kingdom that replaced the law, the government of Holy Spirit, because once you get in Christ then, you're not, you're not in the flesh. We were, when we were under the law, we were in the flesh when we were under the law. And so he's talking about moving from the flesh to being in the Spirit. And if any man be in Christ, he is, uh, he is a new creature, and old things have passed away, and all, all things have become new. So then he goes on to say, then the fruit of the, he said, they which do such things will not inherit the kingdom. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So he's talking about fruit that is a result of being connected to the right root. Now, have you ever walked in someone's house and you see, like Thanksgiving, this beautiful centerpiece sets on the table, and it's like got fruit on it, and it looks so real. I mean, it looks so real that you reach out and you grab a peach, what you think is a peach, and it looks so real, but when you get it, it's plastic with peach fuzz. And what you've done is what you, is exactly what American Christianity does. It is a fake fruit. What we've taught people to do is fake fruit. And so we got we look good on Sunday and we look like a wonderful centerpiece but there's no substance. I would rather have a bug bit bruised uh, peach than I would a piece of plastic with peach fuzz on it. Because real fruit comes from being connected to the right root. And what we do a lot of times on every Sunday morning is we try to make the fruit of the spirit a law and we come in and say you need to bear fruit. You need to bear fruit or God's going to cut you off and cast you into the fire and you're going to be, boom, you know, yada, yada. And what we do is we're trying to get fruit trees to grow fruit by yelling at them. But if you have an apple tree or a peach tree or a cherry tree out in your front yard, just go out and try yelling at it. Threaten it. See if you can get it to fearfully produce fruit. You don't get fruit by threatening fruit trees. You get fruit by connecting them to the right root. 
I am convinced that when we truly connect people to Jesus, we will connect them to the right root. And when we connect them to the right root, then love, joy, peace, long-suffering. In other words, the moment I begin to move from legalism and into, you know, uh, uh, in, into union with Christ and what it means to be under the new covenant and, and, and what it means to be in Christ, I automatically begin to lose a lot of my judgmentalism, my, con- my condemning attitudes and, and uh, you know, and, and all of my attitudes that were producing the, the hatred and, and the malice and the envy and the strife. And sometimes I look back at it now, I think, man, I think I'm a recovering Pharisee because I used to be real judgmental of people. But the more I understand how this works, see, I think we become so famous in the church for what we're against that we don't know what we're for. And we're, we're spewing hate over our, our pulpits constantly, even as it relates to political things and all of that kind of stuff, when we need to stop spewing the hatred and the malice and get people connected to the right root, and the fruit will be the result of the of that. Let me just read you a few scriptures about that. Uh, Galatians 3, 3 says, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? It's challenging the flesh there. Uh, uh, verse uh, 5, Romans, this is seven, 7 of Romans, verse 5, For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law. So the motions of sin were a result of being connected Uh, to the wrong root. We're connected to the law, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should not serve, that we should serve in the newness of spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. And so, you know, I mean, he's talking there and challenging to them. uh, Verse number 18 of Galatians 5 says, but if you be led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are made manifest, which are these, and he lists them. But he says, but if you, he sets it up, in that context, that it means to be under the law is being in the flesh. I don't know if we've ever thought about it like that, but you, you know, being in the flesh means you think you can do this through human flesh. And so Paul is indicting them uh, that, uh, that, that, uh, that 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 are 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 thinking that they can get into the covenants of promise by trying to establish their own righteousness and am not submitted to the righteousness of God and to a righteousness that is by the faith of Abraham. And so he's indicting them, and he comes into chapter eleven and says, "Listen, man, you know, uh, well did Isaiah say? I've held out my hands all day long to a uh, a rebellious people, and so you know." Uh, uh, let me just read a few quotes for, even from my book. I said, since Jesus is the true vine and we are the branches, we must see who they thought was the true vine. We will explore what branches are removed. Remember, every chapter that I've written in this book called The Great I Am was written as a comparison between an old covenant and a new covenant. For instance, you thought the manna that fell was, you know, uh, was the manna in the backyard, but God said, that's not the bread. I'm the true bread. You thought the way was through performance Christianity, but that's not the way. I'm the way. You thought those shepherds of Israel were the shepherds. They're not the shepherd. I'm the shepherd. And last but not least, he said, you thought that Israel was the true vine. That's not the vine. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Let me read to you this scripture. It says, now I will sing to my beloved. This is Isaiah 5, verse 1 through 8. Now I will sing to my beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine. 
and built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, or yeah, men of Judah, judge, I pray you, between me and my vineyard. What could have done more to my vineyard that I have not done to it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes, and now go tell, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and broke down, and the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor dig, but there shall come up the briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts, watch this, is the house of Israel. And the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. Now this is what Isaiah is saying in the Old Testament. Uh, and, and, and he said, For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression for righteousness, but behold, a cry. Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. But compare that verse with something Jesus said in the New Covenant. Now this is out of Matthew chapter 21, verse number 33 through 46. He said, Hear another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it, and built a tower, and let it out to husbandmen, and went into a far country. Now remember, this is the exact verbiage of what he said in Isaiah was given to natural Israel, where they were this wine press, and they were this vineyard, that he'd built a tower, and he'd hedged it about, and he gave it to husbandmen, and went into a far country. And when the time of fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen, and, and they thought and they, that they might bring, receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants more than the first. And they did unto them likewise. But last of all he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandman saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir, come let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him cast him out of the vineyard, and slew him. When the Lord therefore the vineyard cometh, what will he do to those wicked husbandmen? They said to him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men, and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits of their season. Jesus saith to them, Did you ever never read in the Scriptures, The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whoever calls, falls on this stone shall be broken, but whoever it shall fall on, it shall grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and Pharisees heard this parable, they perceived that he spoke about them. Well, hello. What you see here is in Isaiah, the vine and the vineyard was natural Israel. In the book of Matthew, Jesus is talking about that branch being cut off and the vineyard being let out to other husbandmen. The fire that burnt that vineyard came in 70 AD, and the Gentiles, which were not part of the covenants of promise, were now brought into the covenants of promise. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that's even the fulfillment of Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus says, that, uh, you know, he says the, that uh, the, the Son of Man came to sow good seed in his field. 
while men slept, an enemy came and sowed tares. And he came and said, you know, what, what do you want us to do? You want us to take out the tares? And he said, no, leave them both grow together until the harvest. And the harvest is the end, King James' original version says, at the end of the world. Every other translation says the, the harvest is the end of the age. It was not the end of this age, it was the end of that age, and it came to an end in 70 AD when he gathered out the things out of the kingdom that offended. In other words, that which was not the true wheat, he gathered in bundles and he burned it with fire. He came to destroy those wicked husbandmen and miserably destroy them, and then to let out his vineyard to those that would produce the nation producing the fruit. That's what Romans 11 is about. So he's given it to the nation that produced fruit. And so, you know, uh, even as he gets, even though they were the choice vine at one time, Jesus is saying to them now in the new covenant, you were that fruitful place, but now Jesus is the true vine. He's come to take back what belongs to him. And so, you know, the parable of the sower's got the same thing in it. But let me go this to, to, uh, 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 chapter 4, uh, this, is, this is Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 10. It said, Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and the Spirit to them that walk therein, the Lord hath called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and I will give thee for an a covenant of the people for a light to the Gentiles. He says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, my soul delights in, is Jesus. And he says in this verse, I will give my servant then for a covenant. I will give thee for a covenant to the people to open the eyes of the blind, uh, to call the prisoners out of the prison, to them that sit in darkness out of prison. House, I'm the Lord, that is my name, and my glory shall not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Jesus actually quotes this when he says uh, in, in the New Testament, he, uh, that I have sent him to bind up the brokenhearted, to recovery of sight to the blind, and to them that sat in darkness would see a great light. Jesus was the fulfillment of these Old Testament prophecies. We've got to see He's the true vine, uh, and we are the branches. And the, the vine that was being cut off was the vine that was not producing fruit. That was Old Covenant Israel, and God was causing those branches to be cut off so that He might add in the branches that you and I are that produce fruit, those of us who come by the Spirit. Well, I'm out of time. I just seem like I'm rushing with all these, but, but if you want to sow a seed into this ministry, like I said at the beginning, simply go to the uh, QR code that's on there, scan it with your phone, it'll take you directly to a link. You can also give via credit card or PayPal there, or go to the website at lenhouse.com. You can send a check or money order to the address that will come on the screen, or you can call the number on the screen. But do it today. We need your help. I am excited to announce the release of my latest book titled The Great I Am. 
In this book, we will explore the seven times in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am. When he uses that phrase, it is always in contrast to something from the Old Covenant. For instance, they thought Moses and the law was the door into the sheepfold, but Jesus said to them, I am the door. They thought that Israel was the true vine, but Jesus said to them, I am the vine, you are the branches. As you read the pages of this book, you will discover that Jesus removed the covenant of death and replaced it with the covenant of life. Get your copy of the book, The Great I Am, today.